To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now with Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 62318. Welcome, Cyclone fans, to another edition of the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest for you, KCCI Sports Director, Andy Garman, uh, at the time of recording here, uh, I'm a big Cubs fan. I know Andy's a pretty big Cubs fan as well. And the news just broke uh, that the Cubs acquired Jose Quintana from the Chicago White Sox for a couple of prized prospects uh, in a, in a five-player de- deal. So, Andy, at this point, I'll, I'll bring you in. I know we're going to talk some Cyclones here in a little bit, but i got to get your thoughts as a Cubs fan as to uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Quintana trade. Well, first, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm pumped about this. This is going to be cool. Uh, and as a Cub fan, I'm I'm a little bit in shock because, you know, for the longest time, well, okay, for basically all of my life, the Cubs have been the team giving up the prize player for the star prospects. Uh, you know, we, we've seen that so many times down the road. That you don't have to go very far back, like Jeff Sparcha. Uh, to remember when we had the great talent and we gave it away for guys that we didn't know anything about. And that turned out to be Addis Russell and, uh, you know, pretty good crew of guys there. So uh, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, surprised, quite frankly, that it's an in-town trade. Uh, but I'm excited that the Cubs have, have bolstered their pitching, which has just been one of the problems this year. I mean, the pitching has been obviously less than it was last year when it was stellar. Uh, and this year, Hendricks has been hurt. Arietta hasn't been up to form. And the last time we saw John Lester, he gave up 10 runs. So if we could bring in Jose Quintana and turn him loose, more power to us. I, I, I'm i a little thrown because every time I see his name, I flash to the big Lebowski. Uh, and I think of Jesus <laughs> Quintana. Uh, you know, and, and I just expect to see John Turturro in the purple suit. Uh, so, so it, no, it's, I think it's great. Uh, you know what? It's, it's good to me to see – the Cubs, I guess, realizing, as if they didn't realize, that they're not there, uh, that there's something missing from last year. And, and you know what? Let's go get a let's go get a bulldog. Let's see what happens. Well, I, the one thing that I know for sure is it, it kind of shores up not only for this year. It's not like they're they're going all in on this year, but it kind of shores up their pitching staff for the next couple of years. It takes one of those spots in the rotation, which. Uh, it, it extends their window a little bit. So I'm, I'm happy that uh, they didn't get someone that was just a rental and someone that will be on the, the roster for the next couple of years. And hopefully uh, this run of the Cubs being good for once can, can extend. So. Well, and it's important to remember, too, that, you know, the Cubs have some players that are one-year deals or expiring deals. I mean, John Jay is a one-year deal. and Arietta, of course, is coming to the end of the run. And, uh, a lot of that, but the, the core four, so to speak, the, the core pieces that they have aren't going anywhere. Bryant, Schwarber, Baez, uh, Almora, those guys are all going to be under contract for a long time. Schwarber and John Lester is obviously going to be there a long time. So, uh, you know, it, nobody expected it to be easy. Uh, and that's maybe the, the strangest part about last year was 
the regular season was easy for the Cubs. Uh, the postseason was a different story, obviously, but it, it, it's a new feeling that you used to when it's like, hey, we're kind of good at this stuff. Now when you come back and you've got the giant target on your back, uh, you, you know, it feels different and it's a lot harder. So that's, I think, where we are. Well, you're not you're not shy in your in your Cubs fandom on Twitter. And then another thing I I saw on your Twitter uh, kind of sound like a, a stalker here, but I just noticed that uh, I I want to let you know that I'm I'm in the same boat as far as I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher. Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to uh, welcome you welcome you to the club. Uh, my my wife loves it. Uh, she binge watches it. I'm not much of a binge watcher, and honestly, I I watched uh, the first couple episodes, and I it just it wasn't it wasn't for me. I'm not sure if it's something I'll ever pick up, but I wanted to let you know you're you're not alone in that camp of of not being uh, in this Game of Thrones addiction. Well, I appreciate that. I you know I just kept used. Everybody saying winter is coming, and I'm like, no, you idiot, it's summer. But that, you know, <laughs> I, I just I just missed the ball on that. I think that it's obviously an incredible show, and the people are totally devoted to it. And I, in all honesty. I saw about 15 minutes of one episode in a hotel when I was on a trip, maybe a March Madness trip a, a couple of years ago. And I watched it for a little while, and I just thought, this is just, I don't get it. When it's a bad place, it's a, it's a tough show to parachute into. You know, it's a little bit like you can't really jump into 24 in hour seven and, and know exactly what's going on. So I, I fully admit it's an amazing show. People are devoted to it. I'm just... I, I tried a little bit. I wasn't into it, and I'm so far behind now. I just don't have time to watch it. I mean, I don't have – I haven't watched Breaking Bad. So, I, you know, I just started House of Cards. But in my defense, I have two kids under five, so and I work nights. So it's not exactly like we put the kids to bed, but I can rip off three episodes of any of those shows. You know, I'm getting home at midnight. The kids wake me up about 6.45, so – well, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I kind of want to give our, our listeners a background here before we kind of start talking about some of the nuts and bolts of uh, your position and uh, kind of the state of, of local sports media and things like that. Um, back in 2004, uh, I don't know if you remember or not, I, I was an intern intern for you at KGN in, in Cedar Rapids. That was a long, long time ago. Uh, and at that time, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was going through a lot of different uh, options for w- what to do with the rest of my life. And uh, so one of the things that I had wanted to do is to, to be a sports anchor. That was one of my possible career aspirations. So uh, for you listeners at home, I, I went through, and I think it was probably about an eight-week eight week deal where I went in with, with Andy and helped uh, helped cut some highlights and, and all those things. I have a lot of good stories. And uh I wanted to say first thank you for for that opportunity because I did learn a lot and although I didn't go down that career path, uh, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed what what I was doing in that time uh, with KJN. So so thank you for that. Well, sure. It was look, it was fun. We had a great time, and if you learn nothing else, uh, you learn what career path you didn't want to go down. <laughs> you know. So I, I I have an open door. I'm welcome welcome in anybody. I first person to say that, you know, on most days, I'm the kid in the candy store, I get paid to talk sports, so I'm, you know, I'm happy to, to give college students especially a, a taste of business 
game is something they like because it's not an easy road. Most careers aren't easy. And, you know, nobody usually steps out of college to a six-figure job and, you know, country club membership and all of that. But, but you know, if you want to do TV, it's going to, it's going to involve years and it's going to involve small markets. It's going to involve small paychecks. Uh, but if you're devoted to it, if you enjoy it, you know, you can, you can end up having a pretty good looking at it, which is, I think, where we are right now. I, I, I still enjoy it. I've been doing this job almost 20 years, so I consider myself very lucky. One of the things that you told me when I was when I was in there, uh, and I wasn't I wasn't ready to give that up at the time and pursue this career, is you you kind of had to ke- check some of your fandom at the door, if you will. You know, uh, it, it's great to be around sports. You're around sports for your job, which is awesome. But when you're going to a game, uh, you're saying you know you're going to a game, but you you aren't doing the tailgating before. You aren't there to cheer on a team. You're there for a job. I mean, you have to film, interview, do different things like that. Uh, does that does that still hold true? I know in your market necessarily some of the more national teams, maybe professional teams, you don't have to maybe hide your fandom as much. Um, but have you just become kind of immune to your rooting interests, if you will? Well, yeah, I think to a point. I, I think the best way for me to describe it is, you know, I've been a Cubs fan my entire life. I've been a Bears fan my entire life. Uh, and, and those things aren't aren't going to go away in part because my only exposure to those teams right now is on TV and on Twitter. Uh, and I went to obviously I went to do the Cubs postseason run, and I know some of the Cubs from covering the Iowa Cubs. Uh, but I guess what I would say is with a professional team like that, I don't know that there's a downside to having the rooting interest. I want the Iowa Cubs to win every game. I want the Chicago Cubs to win every game because then, you know, it's something for me to – it's more fun to talk about. It's more fun to be around. And I think professional sports, you have that leeway. College sports are more difficult because, you know, so many people are so passionately identify themselves with one fan base versus another. Uh, I am a, a University of Iowa graduate, and for the four years that I was in Iowa City, I was a Hawkeye fanatic. Uh, but, you know, the reality is that was 20 years ago. The people that I cheered for and that I rooted for and against are all gone. Uh, and, and my relationship with Iowa and with Iowa State and all of the schools has changed now because it's my job to interact with those people. It's my job to sit down with Fran McCaffrey and have the same sort of professional relationship and give and take and storytelling ability with Fran McCaffrey that I have with Steve Crow. And it, it just it does not do me any good. I know I know there are plenty of people that listen to this podcast, like and maybe have already turned it off because they'll say, Oh, he's a Hawkeye fan. He's a Hawkeye. Uh, and and the reality is, yeah, I I went to Iowa and I'm an Iowa alum. But I would be really dumb to do this job and purposefully try to alienate half my audience. It, it just doesn't make any sense. So uh, I think a long time ago, I gave up the fan aspect of the Teen Times Cup uh, and just said, you know, I they're playing a game and it's my job to tell everybody what happened. And it's my job to illuminate the audience on what these people are like. Uh, you know, the, the great kind of behind-the-scenes details, because 
giving a cyclone basketball example, you know, Deontay Burke, thunderous on the court. He could, you know, he could bring it as hard as anybody we've ever seen. Uh, and yet talking to him in the interviews, he's soft-spoken and thoughtful and uh, quick to smile and, and just really enjoyed life. Uh, and, and so it's my job to be able to talk to those people uh, and, and, and then explain to everybody, you know, yeah, you see him on TV or you see him when you're sitting at home. But let me tell you what he's like when he's around his friends. Let me tell you what he's like when he's talking about his mom. Uh, those sort of things. That, that's the, that's the, the center of the job that makes it so fun. And so the reality is, am I a fan? I, I think I still am a fan in one way. I want Iowa and Iowa State I want one of the two teams to go 12-0 and 0 this year, and I want the other one to go 11-1. And, and I don't really care who wins the Seahawks game. But if both teams are winning, we've got a lot more fun stuff to talk about. Uh, but it's really difficult to be fun and exciting and pumped up and all in a lot of times on a team that's 2-9 and nine because the fan base – in many ways, it's turned the page, and the guys don't seem to be having as much fun. And you know, I, the reality is, everybody wants to have a good time, and winning helps bring along a good time. And that's an ending that's nowhere near the question you asked, but that's that's kind of where where we ended up. Well, to be honest, you you checked off about the next next three questions I had in that in that <laughs> answer. So that was good. I you know I was I was going to ask kind of you know what what you're rooting for during the game and in the Iowa, Iowa versus Iowa State thing. And I, you know, when, when you say you graduated, you know, 20 years ago or whatnot, I think the older you get, maybe there's some younger listeners here too, but uh, I've found that the older I get, um, the easier it is to kind of detach from uh, the fandom. You know, I have, I have two young ones now too, and it's kind of, I'll watch, I'll watch every single Iowa State game. Uh, I, I care if they win or they lose, um, but you kind of, you kind of start to, I don't know, enjoy a, a different side of sports. It's not a if, – if Iowa State loses, uh, I've tried to take a position now that it's not going to ruin the rest of my week for football, you know, until the next game <laughs> and things like that yeah. as much as, as as much as it did in, in, in college or, or when they're good and things like that. And uh, it's just kind of it, – it's more enjoyable to, to be able to watch it for the, for the entertainment and the storylines and things like that. And then when the game's over – uh, be able to to move on to something else. So, well, and it's also important to remember that that we all are adults of varying ages, and you, there's always some peril in hanging your happiness on the work of 18 to 23 year olds. They're kids, and you know you, you're watching. You know you're watching the, the field goal kicker or the three-point shooter or whoever, and and hanging a lot of their job, you know, their job is, is to play football and play basketball and do whatever, but also go to school, get an education, they probably get a girlfriend, you know, and there's any number of whatever else going on in their life. And so our escape is oftentimes their livelihood, you know, and these kids, trust me, these kids take losses harder than any fan ever does. And so I'm, I'm always really hesitant to to jump up and down on any of the kids. The coaches are paid. It's their job to get the team prepared. 
game plan is good, or they make a bad decision, or any number of things, I think they're wide open to criticism. But I, I really desperately try my hardest to not go after Naz Long when he's 3 of 11 or something like that. He's, he's doing what he can, and he's doing something I can't do. And it's my job to report on what he does, but not necessarily to, to hang it on him, if that makes sense. That does. I think that's. I think that's fair. I mean, your your realm isn't isn't quite like uh, sports sports talk radio, uh, where uh, they have to formulate right. an opinion on on everything. And uh, sometimes, you know, message boards can be a a cruel place as well. Uh, like you said, we got to remember that these kids that they're on scholarship, yes, but they're still student athletes, uh, and their job is to to get an education as well. And the the thing that always uh, kind of rubs me the wrong way is uh, when people say that they don't care, and you kind of address that as well. And you you probably see how much they do care uh, if you you know you're in the locker room after a game or uh, at a press conference or post game comments and things like that. That sometimes the fans the, the game's over, uh, they turn off the TV. Uh, they don't see how it. Uh, affects Naz Long when he's sitting there crying in, in his locker when he realizes his career is over. Right. And, and you know, I remember that from two years ago from the Sweet 16 uh, in Chicago when it just abruptly ended for Iowa State against Virginia. You know, they walk in the, in the locker room, and Bill Nader's just sitting there with a towel over his head, he barely looked up. You guys are all devastated because they all want to play for a championship. And they know what it means for them. They know what it means for the fan base. And they carry all those expectations with them. And I remember, and, and once again, I, I've been doing this one. I remember being in Boise for the Iowa State Hampton game. And I remember going into the post-game locker room. And I was in Cedar Rapids back then. But I sat courtside with John Walters and Heidi Soliday. And I don't remember if Keith was there. And, you know, we just watched this kind of all unfold. The game ended, and we went in the locker room. And, I mean, you know, it was it was a collective group of guys that had lost everything. Well, we walked in the locker room with Paul Shirley, uh, who was an emotional guy anyway. Paul Shirley was crying, sobbing, crying, and it was worst time in the world to try to approach anybody to get their comment on what happened. But Paul Shirley was sobbing, and we walked in, and he looked up and saw us. He got up and walked into the showers, and he sat in the showers for 45 minutes. For as long as the media was allowed to be in the locker room, he sat in there and cried because it meant that much to him, you know. And I haven't, I haven't cried over a sporting event since I was eight. Steve Garvey broke my heart in 1984 Cubs. So, you know, it, it's... I always try to be as as respectful and as heartfelt as I can in those moments. Because those guys work some some of those guys have worked ten or fifteen years for the opportunity to be there and have it get yanked away from them. You know, they just it's just stunning. So it's tough. It's touchy. You know the nature of the game. Do you feel? athletes and now this is probably a different maybe a different answer for high school versus college versus pro you know when you're interviewing high school athletes they're probably 
thrilled to to talk to the media every chance they can get uh and you know see themselves on on the news um college at times uh maybe it can become uh tedious for them especially if it's you know a prominent player that's getting interviewed all the time do do athletes owe you guys anything necessarily as far as giving an interview or how do you balance um interviewing someone too often or respecting their time and space versus you still have a job to do you you still need to uh you know whether it's get a sound bite to go with a highlight or things like that how do you how do you handle that well there's certain people that that I go into it and, and think okay what questions do i have but also, who do the fans want to hear from? And the reality is, every Monday at Matt Campbell's press conference and every Saturday after a game, the fans are going to want to hear from Alan Lazard. And they're probably going to want to hear from Jacob Park as long as he's the start. And, you know, if the defense has a great game or a lousy game, they're probably going to want to hear from Kamari. And so there are certain people that I think are blocks. Uh, that, that you just want to try to get to all you can. And then there are people that are great talkers, great analytical, you know, people that might have a different perspective on, whether it's a guy like Ben Brunt when he played, uh, who was so analytical, still is, but but didn't mind kind of, you know, almost taking you over to the whiteboard and showing you like the, the nooks and crannies of why something worked or didn't. Um, and then the, the flip side to that is the people that don't care about that necessarily but are all emotion. The guys, the immediate comes to mind is the former Iowa linebacker, Fred Barr, who they just, you know, you just put a mic in front of him and let him talk, and Lord knows what he was going to say. Because uh, it's just going to be heartfelt and entertaining, and I don't care if I'm on next week's bulletin board, bring it on. Uh, so when it comes to actually game stuff, you know, there, like I said, there are some people that you want to hear from as fans, and we want to talk to them. And then there are some people that, you know, are are kind of the color, kind of the, the extra people you want to hear from, too. When it comes to telling stories, all I ask is, you know, give us a chance to tell your story. If you're a if you're a, uh, Matt Vandenberg, Iowa wide receiver, you know, who had the injury last year, missed most of the year, coming back from a, a medical redshirt. And if you, if I want to tell his story, okay, here's all the rehab he did, here's all the work he did, look how far he's come, and now he's back. You know, as long as he gives me the chance to do it, I'll do it. If he doesn't want to talk, there's not much room for me to, you know, I can't, I can't do much more other than say, hey, he's back. You know, or like I'm looking forward to this this summer, this fall, talking to Matt Leo. I think he's fascinating. You know, a guy that first of all is built like the side of a mountain, uh, but didn't play football until just a few years ago, and on the other side of the world. And now, look, give me that opportunity, and I'll tell that story. If you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. You know, there have been plenty of times when I've wanted to tell somebody's story, and they just aren't interested. I, I don't want the publicity or none of your business or, you know, thanks for no thanks, and that's fine too because, you know, I can't I can't force you to talk. I just thought all I want to do is help everybody else know who you are. 
So that's how I handle it. It's like, if you want to talk to me, great. If you don't want to talk to me, okay, I understand it, but I tried, you know. Who's been the most interesting cyclone personality uh, to talk to, interview, work with, that maybe the, the fans fans can't think or wouldn't know? Oh, boy. Um, you know, that's tough. There have been some great ones. I love I love that 2002 football team with Seneca. I especially like Kyle Bach, the old tight end, because uh, I knew him from Cedar Rapids Kennedy, and he uh, he didn't mind saying whatever he felt, you know. So it's like those people, I'm, I like those kind of stories. I read yesterday the New York Times story about Jackson Broman, uh, and and it took me back to interviewing him and talking to him and just kind of how different he was. Uh, you know, I think there have been there's been a lot of good good people to talk to like that. And and it took me a while to figure out Kale Sanderson because Kale, like so many wrestlers, uh, was a man of few words. You know, he didn't he didn't have much interest in spent a lot of time talking. Uh, and it's not necessarily me, but just kind of anybody. It's just kind of almost matter of fact about, you know, yeah, this is what I do. But then, you know, when it came time to, to do it, he went out there and did it better than anybody ever. You've uh, you've been covering Cyclone football now uh, under, under different tenures. Uh, now Coach Campbell has entered. Uh, mm-hmm. You kind of get some, some access that fans – maybe don't see they don't see what's going on behind the scenes uh we're we're pretty black and white as far as we see what happens on the field on saturdays we don't see what happens sunday through friday so what's your right. what's your general sense of what you see happening in the program uh enthusiasm different things like that that maybe the fans don't get a chance to see uh the players putting in the time outside of Saturdays or things that Matt Campbell's doing behind the scenes that don't get talked about enough? Well, the thing that I like most about about Matt Campbell is the level of buy-in that I've seen from the players. Um, you know, and, and it, it takes a certain kind of player to basically say, okay, you know, let's, uh, it's a new regime, but I'm, you're my coach, let's go. Um, I like his philosophy. I like the fact that, you know, he walked in day one and knew that he had some pieces that knew that for what he wanted to do, he had a lot of work. And so I think what I like about him is I think he's embraced everything that a young college football coach needs to embrace. They're all over social media. They're recruiting like bad things. And so you know they're they're doing what they can to reinvigorate the program. Uh, you know we haven't seen it work in Ames yet to to the level that anybody wants it to. You know it took it took Dan McCartney years to build up to that uh, you know that 2000 team that the Insight Bowl and probably the best Cyclone football season, well the best one of my lifetime that I can think of. You know, it took a long time to build up to to find the the Bruns and the Sage Rosenfelds and the and Lane Danielsons and all those guys. Uh, 
so what I what I often hearken back to when I'm talking to people about this is, you know, I was in Iowa City. I was working in Cedar Rapids during Ferentz's first year, and I saw that team go one and ten and three and nine with all of the uh, pressure in the world on them because Bob Stoops went to Oklahoma instead of Iowa. And I remember, you know, how hard that was on people who looked at the record when they are three and nine. Uh, but you could look at October of his second year and realize they were better than they were in September. And in November, they were better than they were in October. And that's the hallmark of a successful team. And that's what I thought you saw last year with Campbell and Iowa State. They were a better team at the end of the year than they were at the start. And if, if he can replicate that this year, if they can pick up in September where they were in late October, early November last year, uh, I think Cyclone fans are going to have plenty to be excited about. I remember that you and I game at the start of last year, Campbell's first game, uh, watching how frustrating it was. They were getting, you know, they were getting penalties for not lining up in the right formation, guys that should have been on the line of scrimmage were off, not, not enough men, uh, special teams penalties. Uh, it was it was pretty much a, a train wreck as far as that concerns, and I think that worried a lot, of, right. a lot of fans right off the start. But if you think back to, like you said, how much they grew, and then I think maybe the, the highlight of the season was the 66-10 to 10 win over Texas Tech, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it, was, it was pretty unbelievable to see, like you said, how much buy-in they had and just how well they they were starting to execute. Uh, I know he keeps talking about the process. You know, everyone seems to have a process these days, but uh, it, right. it's Campbell's buzzword. And you see, you kind of start to see that maybe he, he knows what he's talking about with this process. So do you think the, yeah, the process I, I, could lead to a – I do. I think the process leads uh, to the postseason, and I think it does it soon. I, what I try to explain to people is, you know, if football is football, but but everything is different when you change coaching staffs. It's the equivalent of saying, all right, you're fluent in Spanish, now speak Portuguese. It's close, but the language is just different enough that you can't really be fluent. Uh you know, so it, to me, it's, it's that kind of change. It's like you have to teach somebody, all right, whatever we call 39 Dragon X Trap whatever is now something entirely different. Forget what it used to be called and remember it now as this. Like, you know, that that's pretty tough to do, even when you're a guy that, you know, a person that spends their time playing football and studying, and that's about it, but, you know, what the – what college kids do at this point, the football programs try to keep them isolated, try to keep them, you know, to to try to make football 101 part of the curriculum. And so it's, I just think it's really tough to do to say, you know, well, I mean, so it's a new coach. You're still playing football. Yes and no. That's what I think. So what you saw, as you talked about, you know, what looked like, a, you know, in time looked like a bunch of, junior leaguers that, that barely put their pads on correctly, you know, turns into, hey, you know, these guys know what they're doing. 
Well, I want to wrap up with kind of a two-part question. This goes back to uh, – we're going to kind of recycle or circle back here to our uh, coverage in, in Iowa versus Iowa State. Um, because I know just – and once Twitter Twitter came to be, uh, you just see so much of that anymore. Uh, fans always want their share of the coverage. You know, if I had my choice, Iowa State would be would be covered all of those hours that the Cubs and the Bears and things like that aren't. Uh, right. So, I guess my my two part is is how often do you get uh, viewer comments like that, and then what's the what's the worst what's the worst thing that you've you've gotten for a comment or feedback as far as coverage and, and people being kind of pissed off at you, and we and well, we can always mark this as an explicit podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this: I don't I don't mind people that are that are fans that that get mad about I'm not giving their team enough coverage. I don't get mad about that because if you're an Iowa State person, you want to hear about Iowa State. And and every second that I spend talking about Iowa, I'm not talking about Iowa State. And I know this in, in large part because, you know, my my wife's family, huge Hawkeye fans, and a lot of their friends, huge Hawkeye fans, and one of them was a really nice, fun guy I love spending time with, time he sees me he looks at me and says you're talking too much about the cyclones it's like i'm talking about them equally but for him any time spent not talking about iowa is wasted time uh you know my the only thing that ever gets annoying is when stuff gets personal uh or when people just don't you know they're not ever gonna understand and, and people like that i just want to say okay you know there's plenty of other options for you. You know, there's there's Wide Right Natty Light and there's Cyclones.com. If all you want to do is read about the Cyclones, there's, I can't give you the coverage that you want. You already know the story that I'm going to tell. You know, but if you want a little bit of everything, then that's where I come in. And, and I'm that's why I try to not spend a ton of time, you know, breaking down the matchup between Iowa State and Kansas on whatever, because the people that are are stat nuts, they already know it. They, they've already got it all figured out, and, and they probably know it at a level deeper than I do. Uh, so my job is to talk to the people that have a passing interest and give them something to watch for. You know, I want to I wanna tell them, hey, you know, this Iowa State-Kansas game, you know, keep an eye out for for Naz. If Naz hits three of his first four shots, he's feeling it, and then, you, you know, it's going to be a good night. Or, you know, in football, hey, it's it's always about turnovers, but for Iowa State tailback, it really has a fumble problem. You know, just a little nugget like that that I can give somebody that will help them get a little better understanding. Uh, and, and, look, I got pretty thick skin because there are a lot of people out there that say a lot of dumb stuff. And they almost always do it anonymously, you know. Especially like on Twitter, it's just it, it's never it's never Andy Garman. It's always you know, Clone Fan eighty seven oh three. It's like oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you know who I am, and I don't know who you are, so I'm not it's not even worth me wasting my time trying to explain something to you because all you really want to do is be snarky. So, um, like. That that kind of stuff I don't I can't really concern myself with. 
And email is actually funny because most people, when they email, they sit down, they're mad as hell, they slam out some email, grumpy about who knows what, and they send it, and they feel better. They're like, oh, God, I got that off my chest, and it's, oh, you know, it's over. And if I take five minutes and email them back, hey, you know, got your email, appreciate you taking the time. I just wanted to tell you that I did that because of this, or, oh, we talked about that last week, or whatever. If I lay it, just take a little bit of time and lay it out for them like that, people fall all over themselves to apologize. They can't believe that I read their email and I'm writing it back. You know, I, I, to me it's a little bit of a I, – I want to talk sports with everybody. Now, if you want to sit there and scream dumb stuff at me, I can't help you, and I'm not really going to waste my time doing it. But if you want to talk to me about why I'm wrong about something or, or what I'm missing or, hey, you know, you really should check out this story about this guy, I'm all ears because that's my job. I enjoy it. Let's, hey, let's have a conversation. That's why I like Twitter. Because even in 140 character bursts, you get a lot of morons. But you get a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, I don't understand why you didn't say this. Well, I did. I just said it two shows ago and you missed it. Oh, my fault. You know, I, I'm, I'm welcome to the give and take. I, I'm not the kind of person that's like, you know, the voice of God on high and, and don't question me. Hey, I'm a guy talking sports. You don't like my take? Tell me. I'll tell you why I have my take and then. We can have a discussion about it. That's how I look at it. I'm I'm all for for back and forth. That's the fun part of it. Well, this is this has been great stuff, Andy. We, we appreciate you taking the time. It was good to uh, catch up with you. It's been about 13 years now, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> at that time, uh, a lot a lot has changed in that in that amount of time. Um, but I, I did really enjoy catching up and. Maybe we'll have to do it again when we when we get into football and basketball season and, and see how you're doing. I like it. Come find me anytime. Very good. Well, that was Andy Garman, KCCI Sports Director. Uh, this has been another... Excuse me, kind human. Oh, hello. Did you know this Friday, June 22nd, is the beginning of Sprint Saturday, a weekend-long event with spectacular savings? I didn't know that. Are humans also unaware that Sprint offers 50% off the Samsung Galaxy S9 with Sprint Flex lease? I need to get to Sprint this weekend. Helping humans is my mission. Switching at 50% off a Galaxy S9 lease, only at the Sprint Saturday event starting this Friday, June 22nd through Sunday, June 24th. Visit Sprint.com slash GS9 or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Galaxy S9, $16.50 per month after $16.50 monthly credit. Apply within two bills for 18 months. If you cancel early, remain in balance due with approved credit. New line and third dollar Restrictions apply. Edition of the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast. Thanks for listening. To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming, and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 623 